Every year, Christian parents send their kids off to college, sometimes worrying if their student will be able to keep their faith while there. Well, today, you'll hear from one young leader with a heart for the Christian and non-Christian student. Hear her unique approach to college ministry on this episode 13 of the Mission Life Podcast. Welcome to the Mission Life Podcast. My name is Jeff. Thank you for listening. My goal with this podcast is to inspire followers of Jesus with stories of people putting their faith into action. I have the privilege of serving Dunwoody Baptist as the missions pastor, and in that role I get to meet a lot of incredible people. Their stories inspire me, so I want to pass them on to you. I recently sat down with my friend Lindsay Hicks, who grew up in Dunwoody Baptist and is now supported by our church. For the past three years, she's been serving in the Bread Coffeehouse Ministry at Emory University. Now she's headed off to multiply the Bread Coffeehouse concept at Tufts University in Boston. Now here's my conversation with Lindsay. Tell us a little bit about who Lindsay Hicks is. Okay, I can do that. Um, So I grew up going to this church uh, ever since I can remember. I guess my mission story probably starts in middle school, and that's when I went on my first international mission trip and that was to Bolivia, I believe. And so going abroad, I saw a completely different culture than what I was used to in a way to serve God that I never could while I was here in the United States. And so that passion for different cultures and different people really stuck in my heart. And throughout the rest of my middle school and high school experiences, I was able to go and to serve God in a number of different places, including New York, and then to Ecuador, and then to France. Um, And all of those times, it really started to inform myself about who God was in a bigger context than what we just see in the United States. So I graduated from high school and went to Georgia Tech, and I chose my degree to be international affairs in Spanish because, again, There was something about serving other people that really struck to my heart. Hmm. So while I was there, I was involved in a local campus ministry called CCF, or Christian Campus Fellowship. And some of our church church members here go there. And through that time, I was connected with an international study abroad program and campus ministry called Global Scope. So my sophomore year of college, I went to Santiago, Chile for six months. And there, I was able to, again, see my faith in a completely different way, serve students in Santiago, Chile, but also be served by those students and see God differently and see how a community of Christ followers in a different hemisphere loves God. Hmm. And while while I was there, my whole ministry perspective kind of changed. I was no longer just there to receive the benefits of awesome friends and free food and talking about God. It was really this time of these people care so much that they want to share the good news about God with all of their friends. And they want to serve their friends and they want to love their friends in a way that other college students just don't experience. And so for me, at that point, that was the first glimpse of, I love campus ministry, and maybe I should do this after I graduate. So I went back to Georgia Tech for the last two years of college, and 
There was definitely a perspective shift. I kind of stopped caring about some of my classes as much as I should have. because the campus ministry and the community I found there, that was a thing that mattered more. So there were some things along there, didn't care too much about my classes, yet I still graduated, which is... Your parents aren't listening. I know, hopefully. <laughs> they know this, so. <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> um, But I got out from Georgia Tech, and that is something great. And along the way, um, I got to see other communities, even though they weren't international, Um, that still had this heart for serving other people. For example, I got to serve in Clarkston, which I know is a big community that we had done what he cared about so, so much, and all the international people there who have an opportunity to hear about God maybe for the first time. So seeing that there are places to serve even within Georgia, even within Metro Atlanta, was something that was still impacting again in this life of ministry. So I graduated from Georgia Tech Um, and I chose to serve for one year at Georgia Tech's CCF, the campus ministry, um, just to say thank you before entering into my career, possibly by serving refugees. I didn't really know what my career was going to end up in, but something said I should serve back to CCF. So after that, um, during my intern year, I realized, hmm, I don't know about this leaving campus ministry. What if God has something bigger in store for me? What if I should be here for a longer term than just an intern year? So through a process of talking to other campus ministers around the U.S., I was invited to join a team at Emory University called Bread Coffee House, which is Emory's version of CCF. And that's where I've been for the past three years. The reason why we call ourselves Bread Coffee House is because we are a free coffee, free coffee house and campus ministry. We believe that um, developing relationships with students over something just as simple as a free cup of coffee, uh, we can really get to know who they are and they can get to know us. Um, a lot of students at Emory have been burned by the church in the past and they don't want to talk about faith or they may have come to college with Um, absolute decisions about their faith, which they don't want to change. Um, But through these conversations and just relationship building, um, we get to, you know, build respect with each other and talk about our faith in a way maybe they didn't anticipate by going into college. And we've seen a lot of wonderful life change, and God has done magnificent things over the past three years. Um, Mm. Because we spend time with a range of students. Uh, We celebrate everything, every victory that God has in store for us. Uh, One of my favorite things is we have an international Chinese student who started reading the Bible with one of our interns two years ago. And as they were reading the Bible together, the student asked our intern, what are these ratios on the pages? And that was because he didn't understand um, the reference for the chapter and the verse. He had never seen that before, and so he was—he didn't even know what the numbers meant. And so, to it's like teach, a ratio. I never thought of it. Yeah, that. exactly. And it's something—something <laughs> something that we take for granted here. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. For me, at least, I don't even remember being taught how to read the Bible. It was just something almost ingrained in me. And so to have exposure to these college students who are from all over the world, who are then going to go and change the world, and the impact of thinking, what if if they follow God and they, they choose to follow Him, what kind of difference can they make? Because 
they they can and they absolutely will. And so um, that's the type of college students that I've grown to be so passionate for and to love so much. challenged by my boss uh, last summer to consider bringing the wonderful nature of Bread Coffee House to another university somewhere in the United States, which is a big challenge. Um, I was given absolute freedom in this task, and there's a lot of colleges in the United States. So the, the first draft of different uh, universities to consider had 19 colleges on it which is very overwhelming. But the place that I was looking for, and I got a teammate um, in about October of last year, so he and I started looking for colleges that were similar to Emory because we believe in this coffee house model and we thought, well, if there are similar students to Emory students, then hopefully this coffee house model will be successful there too. So Lindsay and her team began the process of narrowing down the list of universities. They prayed and asked the Lord where they should go. But she also had her list of qualities she was looking for in a school, though they ended up with a school not even on their list. Universities in major cities um, with people that are going to change the world. So they may have a more name brand university title, However, that's because we believe in these college students and the fact that they're going because they want a great education so they can change the world. And again, that point of what happens when God is thrown into that, when they choose to follow God and then choose to change the world on God's behalf. So those are just a few of the qualifications that we were looking for. And by the end of 2015, so during Christmas break, we had narrowed it down to four universities but we knew that we needed to start going on scouting trips in the spring, but we didn't know where to go, which university to pick first. All of them seemed great, but we weren't pulled or drawn towards any single one. Although this whole time we had been praying for something that made one university stand out, or at least a couple universities stand out, or even an invitation from somebody on a college campus to really say, we need you here, please come here. January of 2016 came around, and at that moment, uh, my boss received an email from a local campus minister who did campus ministries in downtown Boston, and he is now a local pastor in the same town where Tufts University is, which is Somerville, uh, Somerville, Massachusetts, which is right outside of Boston, kind of in a Decaturish area of Boston, if you want to think of it in those terms. And he was asking very strongly, will you please come up here? Um, I trust your campus ministry, but Tufts University needs something like bread on your campus. And when I read it, I, I didn't know what to think. Personally, I was like, how can it be this easy? How can a de decision that's been going on for months and months, and we have no idea what to do or what con to consider, how can something just pop out of the blue so easily like this? Um, but we choose to believe that that was God definitely answering our prayers of an invitation. And Tufts University wasn't even on the list of 19 schools. For some reason, I missed it and I messed up. And so I like to kind of explain this as I did the best that I could. And 
Uh, my teammate and I prayerfully entered into this decision-making process, but then God swooped in and was like, no, Lindsay, let's just take you around this way and turn the corner and redirect where you're meant to be. So my teammate and I and four other campus ministry friends of mine went to visit Tufts University in February of this year, and it was a great trip. It was a really hard trip. We saw the need that students had uh, when we were there. One teammate and I talked to a student named Matt on campus. Um, he was studying in one of the university buildings. And he basically told us that we shouldn't come because in his experience, and he is a freshman, um, none of his roommates are Christians and he grew up in a Christian home, but he had no one to talk about his faith with and no one to ask questions uh, to. And so he was slowly but surely losing his faith. And he was so discouraged by that. He didn't want us to come and experience the same thing. Wow. And for me, that's heartbreaking because that's the student that we're there for. That's the student that we want to engage those conversations mm -hmm. in and really care for. And um, so for Matt and for every other student that's out there, that's who we're there for. Um, so there will be some challenges. And you just, you just randomly found Matt, right? Right. Or we were, led to him, right? We um, did a photo scavenger hunt. Okay. And so that was really fun because we came up with all these random things that we should do on campus without looking too creepy, right? And kind of look like we should be there and have fun. And one of them was to take a picture in a university classroom, hopefully with a student. And so we walked up into a building and he was the first room on the left and the first student that we saw. And so he was able to, you know, we started talking and just joking around. And then we sat down and ended up having this 45 minute conversation with him just about his experience and everything else that he's, wow. yeah. Wow, he might be somebody you follow up with when you Definitely. go I, up there. I have his number, so <laughs> I'm just waiting for that moment when plans are a little bit more settled and when we have our regular events coming up mm -hmm. to say, hey, we're back, we're here and we'd love for you to join in with us. Mm -hmm. So where are you right now in the in the process? When do you expect to be up there and what's, what's left to do here? Right, uh, so I hope to move up to Boston in mid to late September. Uh, currently, what's going on for my team and I is that we are in the fundraising stage. So um, I'm support raising for the ministry and we're at 59.3% of our goal. So over halfway, which is wonderful and um, optimistic about the support raising process in this next month and a half. Uh, my teammate will move up on November 1st. He's on a little bit of a different schedule. His wife is a nurse and will continue to be a nurse up in Boston. And she needs to finish up some things before they move up there. So in the fall, our goal is to build relationships and hang out with Matt and all the other students that we got to meet on our scouting trips previously. And then in the spring, start bringing people together. Um, there may be a lot of one-on-one -on -one relationships in the fall. And then in the spring, our goal is to build community. And so in 2017, we can really kick off big and who knows what God has in store for us, um, but we just need to faithfully get up there first. That's the first part. 
And so once we get to Boston, then we'll start doing things alongside of meeting with students, uh, looking for a campus ministry house up there, because that's just, you can't get it done while I'm in Atlanta and the real estate is in Boston. Mm -hmm. So continuing to do that, um, getting to know more people who will be advocates for Bread Boston while we're in Boston. I actually um, two weeks ago heard about a Bread alumni who graduated from Emory in 2006 who moved to Boston, who is um, working for a nonprofit that tutors inner city kids and matches college students to do long-term tutoring and mentorship with these students. And so that's something that's really exciting and she reached out to me and so I'm excited for future partnerships with that and how uh, the bread community can serve Boston. Um, that's something that we always uh, emphasize and for example, the Emory community serves Clarkston, and we do after-school tutoring there. Um, compared Emory with Tufts, um, you've, you've been at Emory for three years now. How has that prepared you? How are the universities the same, different? Right, absolutely. So both of the, the universities are small, relatively liberal arts colleges. Emory is about 8,000 undergrad, and Tufts is about 5,000 undergrad. Both of the student populations typically go on to go to grad school in either medical school, law school, or business school. Um, so that's really cool to see. Both universities were also had um, a faith background. At one point there were uh, religious organizations who have now shifted with that um, and now are kind of secular schools, but they have an undercurrent of faith which is just interesting in the student body and how the administration plays a role in that. Also, something personally that I'm interested in is both teams have really great, or both schools have really great softball teams, and I've been able to get to know a lot of the Emory softball team in the past couple of years, and I'm looking forward to doing that uh, with the Tufts team as well. So the similarities are strong, and that's something that I'm thankful for. And again, in this whole God orchestration of where Bread Coffee House should go next, I think it's absolutely perfect. And um, I feel honored and blessed to almost feel comfortable walking up to that school. And I don't want to say that arrogantly because I know I will be surprised by things and there will be absolute differences for sure but to know that there are similar students out there who just want to have a conversation and to be listened to and to be loved and to be understood, I think that is a strong undercurrent for most schools, but especially between Tufts and Emory. And so I'm really excited to get to know those students. Mm -hmm. Well, and you're not so far away from college yourself. I mean, you're, you know, no. <laughs> uh, you can still identify with students. Okay. Um, and college ministry has changed a lot since I was in at Austin P twenty some odd years ago, <laughs> uh, where it was more or less aimed at Christians, you know. Right. And 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 my I have a lot of compassion for Matt, mm -hmm. who, who there are still a lot of uh, students going to college who come from Christian homes in America. There's still a fair amount of those. Right. Um, my heart goes out to him. But that's what our ministries were aimed at, mm -hmm. is kind of creating an enclave, more or less, with outreach on the side. Right. But it was more or less an enclave for Christian students mm -hmm. to gather for Bible study and have, you know, ladies from local churches bring us free lunches. And, and that was great. 
but there wasn't a lot. We didn't see a lot of impact. We didn't see a lot of engagement of non, you know, students that weren't believers. I don't know that. Looking back on my experience, I don't know that students who didn't believe would have felt comfortable. Right, there. and that's one of the challenges that we're trying to be on campus for and to overcome. Um, there is one other campus ministry at Tufts, but they do focus mainly on students who are Christians and take their faith very seriously and want to be discipled. And for this student, Matt, and for a couple other students that we met who may have a Christian faith or have a relatively strong Christian faith, but want to share that with non-Christians or even people that don't have a faith at all. Uh, we at Bread call them nuns, the nuns, not in a negative way, but they have no religious affiliation and they, mm -hmm. they're proud of that. Um, no campus ministry at Tufts really engages with those students. And that's who we're here to serve is to, again, open up those conversations and to make it be a safe place to ask questions and to say, I'm here with you while you're figuring this out. And these aren't easy questions, and that's okay, too. Um, and to hopefully develop a relationship with God. I think one of the strongest things that I can ever say to a student is, I understand. And if not that, I can say, well, in my experience, this is what God has meant in my life. And I hope you can see that at some point. And uh, another thing that we say a lot at Bread is we have this kind of football analogy. And it's not always about scoring the touchdown or a student accepting Christ while they're in college. But it's just getting them a little bit further down the line, understanding God a little bit more or getting to have a personal relationship with him in prayer or just opening the Bible for the first time. I appreciate that because, uh, you know, I think most ministries, most churches would say they'd love to have people who are not believers and, and who have questions come in, right? Mm -hmm. And even looking back on my experience in college, we would have loved, to, I mean, had people curious about faith, but we weren't intentional about creating that environment or opening up, going out and engaging, I don't think, as I look back on it. Right. Um, I mean, we had all these images of what we typically know of as evangelism come to mind mm -hmm. in terms of engaging people who don't know Christ, right? Right. But you, you all have learned some lessons about what it takes to really be intentional about that. What would you share about, you've shared a few of them, some of the things you say. Yes. Maybe there's some things you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> but how else, how else, what have you learned that maybe churches even can learn you know, about being intentional? Right. That's a great question. Off the top of my mind, um, one thing that we really practice is not saying you should do anything um, because it just kind of brings up guilt or imposing ideas. And this is something about college students that I think is pretty common now, but all of them are highly independent and they don't want to be forced to do anything. And even though you know, forced to do anything. It may have their best interest in mind if they do something the way that you recommend them to. They don't want to hear that. And honestly, some of us don't either. You know, so this you should mentality is something that we stray away from. And instead, it's this, in my experience, this is what I've learned. Again, um, emphasizing patience in relationships with students or anyone who may not know Christ is really important to us. It's really hard. Sometimes, um, personally, one of my students, we sat down to read the Bible for a semester once a week. 
And then the next semester she said, I just can't do this anymore because of so much, so many things that I struggled with in my past. I just don't feel like I'm ready to read the Bible. So that was hard too, that there were some, some backwards motion and that's just part of it too. And you have to pray faithfully and still maintain that relationship and still care about the student, even though she didn't want to read the Bible anymore. Mm. So that was a really hard lesson that I learned along the way. Those are two big ones for sure. But the overarching theme, I believe, is just, again, relationship. And that means living your life with that person completely. So one thing that I started this semester, this past spring, was going on runs with students. And if somebody told me a year ago that I would be running with students, I would be like, you are absolutely wrong. You had the wrong person. I would never do that (laughs) because I am not good at running. And it's something I know I should do, right? But it involves running. Yeah, it's running. (laughs) But that vulnerability and also showing a student that you're not perfect in that thing and it's a struggle for you, um, I think a lot of times our Christian leaders almost look too perfect and Mm. to allow people to enter in life with you and see that you have flaws and things that you struggle with too um, really develops a relationship stronger than anything else. And integrity, like not cheating and not cutting corners or cutting through yards to get the run done or whatever, all those things add up to maybe the person that you are because of your life of Christ. And so uh, one of my teammates invites people over to dinner with herself and her husband. And so for that, they see, you know, what a Christian marriage looks like, you know, not the broken examples they may have from their homes. And so that does astounding things, too, with college students looking at what should I have a relation like, what should my relationship look like? I think that one has been really impressive, too. So, again, just ways to live life with your students. Uh, One thing that we have seen a large need for and that my boss has been a big advocate for this year is a food pantry for Emory students. And so when you know that tuition is $60,000 a year, which is astounding, it blows my mind every time I think about that. Um, Mm. Some students get full scholarships to come to school and they may be the first person out of their whole family who's ever been to college but that scholarship only covers their tuition and nothing outside of that. So students are going hungry, some students are homeless, um, which is absolutely heartbreaking and just shocking. So we've done what we can to facilitate those physical needs for Emory students. Bread Coffee House at Emory has a second floor, so we've allowed students to stay there with cheaper rent than typical. So that's been one way that we can serve and love other people. But, you know, from some of the most impoverished students to the wealthiest students that I want to understand their lifestyle too, um, mental health is a big issue for a lot of college students right now. And I don't know why this phenomenon is happening. Maybe it's always been there for college students, but now a light is being shed on it. However, a lot of students struggle with anxiety and depression and um, a multitude of other things, sometimes in combination, sometimes separately. So for us, um, we have to pay attention to to the fact that we are just campus ministers and not to diminish that role, 
but to also recognize that sometimes students need professional psychological help. And just this summer, Brett has hired a counselor that we are very excited about, and he will be at our campus ministry house on Friday afternoons when none of the staff is there, so there is a confidentiality. Um, and he is also willing to offer to students counseling for um, a lesser rate than typical counseling fees because they are very expensive. Mm-hmm. And again, if students are coming from low-income houses, they can't pay for counseling a lot of time when they need it, which is, again, more heartbreaking on top of that. You know, now that you're you're in this in the culture, college is just a different culture, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're crossing, you know, cultural boundaries from kind of the Christian subculture into university. And, and I'm, you know, I'm raising my kids in church, and right. there's going to come a time when they go off to college. What do you advise? I'm sure, have you ever had parents come up and say, what, do you, what, do you, what should I do? What should Actually, I? no. No? No. It's okay. a great question, though. I think you have to trust your children, and that's what it comes down to. Um, and pressure is a great thing, but also too much pressure, you know, I think is where some of these college students end up, I don't want to use this term, but like freaking out because there's so many expectations from not only their parents, but from their professors and their friends and other communities that they have, or even clubs and organizations that they have to become presidents of. All this pressure builds on them. So. Uh, trusting your students and saying, I know we've talked about this. We've talked about faith all growing up and how important God is into your life. And now you as an adult have to go and live that out. And also, I think trust is very important, but so is grace. And the fact of, you know, most college students may mess up. They may fail a class, which they had never done in high school or they may have gotten in trouble in some other way, um, but still loving them through that and not, you know, one mess up and they're absolutely in your bad list or whatever it is, um, establishing that grace and loving them, th- them through it and helping them get through that phase, I think is also very important. Um, and that that establishes a lot of freedom and I think the pressure is at least lifted or knowing that my family is a place where I can rest and be away from that pressure, I think would be really great. So for the Emory model that eventually we hope to take to Tufts, um, what we do includes off-campus dinner on Monday nights, and that's a community-driven event, um, just to be able to get off campus, escape, they call it the Emory bubble, and it very much is a bubble. So getting away from Emory for a while just to relax and see Atlanta. On Tuesdays, we do our Love in Action, which is what I was talking about, the Clarkston tutoring for elementary schoolers. And the reason why we call it Love in Action is for our students who may not know God yet, this is a way for us to pour out the love that God has for us into others and to really care for all of God's creation and all community. And so we do that weekly. And so yes, love in action on Tuesdays. On Wednesdays, Emory has an event called Wonderful Wednesdays, and it's almost like a festival every week on campus. Have you been? I feel like 
I have been. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a big party. Right. And so what bread does is we hand out free cookies to everyone who's there and hundreds of cookies. And for we, those of you who have baked the cookies, thank you, because that is so important and they love it so much. It's actually coming around. It is. Wow. Yes. Mm-hmm. So another thing is for uh, for freshmen move in, we hand out free cookies to every single freshman who is moving into campus. And so, and then Thursdays are our big event. They're called DBS, and that stands for free dinner, live bands, and storytelling about God. So again, people are open and welcome for any part of the night to get a free homemade dinner, to experience a live local band from Atlanta, to see something new. We had comedians come in, so that was fun too. And that's just, again, to enjoy community with other Emory students. And then S is for storytelling, and we do storytelling about God. So again, making God approachable and understandable for somebody who may have never opened the Bible before. So explaining what the gospel is, or explaining what Pharisee means, or any of those really churchy words, we break it down and present the truth of whatever Bible verse we're studying, but at the same time in a way that any person off the street can understand. And we mix that with stories from our own life and how the Bible and God and his story intersects with our own life. And so that's what we do. Hmm. And out of that, you have small groups. Right. We have weekly small groups, and those range from anything. Um, They can be just community-based events, or for those strong Christians who are in our community, it's a chance to study the Bible further and to ask the questions that even strong Christians have while they're in college. So there's a place for everybody, like you mentioned before, having Christians be a part of our community is really great because they get a chance to lead and a chance to hear questions that they may not know the answers to. That was my experience at Georgia Tech. One of my best friends was an atheist, and she still is, but she asked me some of the hardest questions that I didn't know how to answer, so that helped me wrestle with my faith back in college, and I can see that happening on Emory's campus at Bread now. Hmm. So strengthening of faith for everybody. That'll do it for this episode of the Mission Life Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Bread Coffee House at Emory or Lindsay's work in Boston, check out breadcoffeehouse.org. If you found this conversation helpful, would you share it with someone you know? Maybe post it on your Facebook page or send the link jeffreams.com slash 13 to a friend who might be praying about how God can use them. You can also find a summary of this conversation on my website at jeffreams.com. Thank you for listening. Check back soon as we post another conversation with someone putting their faith into action and living life on mission.